apologize. That was perfect. I'm breaking all the rules. I'm breaking all the rules. Well, I guess uh, we might make some mistakes. Who knows? I think one of the biggest problems we have in DC is that everyone's egos are too big. I, I actually just prefer to have no titles at all. You're opening yourself up. I'm just being me. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How you doing, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It is November 28th, 2022, and I hope that you are well-fed and maybe a little bit heavier down below and uh, that you enjoyed some friends and family and food and all that good stuff. I have to say that out of... Uh, my 46 years on planet Earth, I don't know that I was ever more thankful uh, than I was uh, this year, obviously, with, uh, with two new babies in the family and to live here in the free state of Florida and things are good, life is good, and uh, despite all the political wackiness, which ain't going away and it's worldwide at this point, and that's what we're going to be covering today, uh, I'm just kind of feeling good about life and uh, that'll, be the, that'll be the theme for the rest of 2022 uh, that we can get out of this nonsense. As I was talking about last week, you know, it's, uh, we can do the political thing all the time, uh, but we also have to focus on the culture stuff and figure out how to be sort of happy and fulfilled and focused and valued amongst all the craziness. So we're back in studio today. It's Phoenix's birthday. Well, technically it was, it was yesterday, but I'm taking the team out tonight and uh obviously connor and daphne you guys have to order off the children's menu but phoenix you can get whatever you want tonight very exciting and uh so today we're going to be talking a little bit about justin trudeau he loves drag queens we're going to be talking about anthony fauci he's evil we're going to be talking about klaus schwab he's super evil we're going to be talking about the media they're super duper evil uh and then uh, we'll bring it around with something positive at the end i promise you that uh real quick before we get to it let me talk to you guys about tommy john you know imagine getting everyone on your list the perfect gift while it's still November. Shop Tommy John's Cyber Monday sale, that's today, and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers, they have fanatics. I love wearing my Tommy Johns because it makes me feel refreshed. Shop Tommy John's Cyber Monday sale now. Get 33% off everything plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash Ruben. It's one of the biggest Tommy John sales of the year. 33% off plus free shipping. Tommyjohn.com slash Ruben. See site for details. All right, so I wanted to start the show today with Justin Trudeau. I know you guys like when we talk about Justin Trudeau. He's a very, very evil man. He is a puppet of the World Economic Forum. He is sort of this genderless, nothing in a suit with nice socks, who sort of sounds like he's saying the right things, but is actually always doing the, the wrong things. And he's, he's evil and authoritarian. And uh, well, he went on Canada's drag show. Canada's got a drag show. You gotta have a drag show. Everybody's got the drag show now. He went on Canada's drag race show 
And, well, here's just watch. Please help me welcome to the Canada's Drag Race workroom, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau! <laughs> Do I have to kiss? Do I have to kiss his ring? <laughs> I heard you had a summit, and I think I'm a little too late for yes. it, unfortunately. Oh, We're actually just about to do makeover episode. Oh, that's a big one. Queens, anybody want to take it on? Yeah. <laughs> it, it has been an incredible pleasure to be part of fighting the good fight on the right side. That is about respecting people. Can we move beyond tolerate and start embracing and loving and accepting and learning from and being challenged by? That's how you build a resilient society. That's what we're trying to do in Canada, and we got a lot of work still to do. Ooh, you're giving me chills. Yeah. <laughs> Man, is he just so gross, so sly. Justin Trudeau! And then he comes out shimmying like that, and that way he kind of whisper talks, and it's always about tolerance and diversity and all of those things, but we know he doesn't like uh, actual tolerance and actual diversity of thought, and he's not very tolerant of people who are different than him, but this is what he is spending his time on in Canada. Canada has all sorts of problems, uh, much like America. There's a worldwide financial meltdown. They're still dealing with the repercussions of his draconian lockdowns. Uh, there's a whole series of issues that Canadians are thinking about and dealing with uh, that have nothing to do with drag queens, but that's what he's doing. And, and the contestants were just so appreciative that the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, would show up and talk to them. Clip. How amazing that was that? That was crazy. Oh my God. I have That's full body goosebumps. Me too. I love him so much because people like him made it easy for immigrants to migrate here and have a chance for a better life. So like seeing him being here is actually like such, like it's so nice. So I thank him. And Ooh. people like him. Oh, you got me, girl. <laughs> Trying to tear the girls yes, up. Girl. <laughs> oh, what do you want me to do? Do I have to even comment on this stuff? Oh, he made, he let us in. Yes, it's sort of like in America where we just let anyone in now. It's, oh, it's just, what is all of this insanity? But there is a reason I'm showing you this, not just to, uh, point out that he's wasting time on these drag shows, uh, but actually to compare and contrast how he appreciates the drag performer, the, these are wonderfully talented people, by the way, let's not besmirch them, how he compares his feelings towards the drag performers versus the truckers. Now, you remember the Canadian truckers? These were a group of people, thousands and thousands of people, and, and actually hundreds of thousands, if not millions of supporters for them, who were fighting the lockdowns and the mandates that Trudeau was instigating all throughout Canada. And then, of course, they started looking into their bank accounts and a whole bunch of really awful stuff. Uh, well, Trudeau was asked uh, just in the last couple of days uh, why he didn't negotiate with the truckers. And his answer is quite telling. They wanted to engage and they wanted you to speak to them and they wanted to hear directly from their federal government. And that did not happen. So do you have an answer to that? Um, I think first of all, We heard them. We knew exactly what they were asking for. They were very, very clear that they wanted an end uh, to mandates. But it was clear that it wasn't that they just wanted to be heard. They wanted to be obeyed. Isn't he something else? Conf 
confession through projection, right? He wanted to be obeyed. The truckers wanted their country to open up. The truckers wanted to go to work and live as free citizens in a Western democracy, which is what they thought Canada was. And by the way, Canada was before Justin Trudeau. Uh, but no, somehow they wanted to be obeyed. No, you were the one that were, was firing all of these people. You were the one that was ruining the economy and ruining all their lives. But again, he does it. He's so slick. I mean, he, he and Gavin Newsom, it's this thing. They're, they're slick and they sort of, if you're not really paying attention, it all kind of sounds right. And then what do you have to do? You peel off that very thin veneer of tolerance and progressivism and you find the worst sort of angry authoritarian. Uh, here's a little more uh, from Trudeau. And I don't think he really understands what being a leader in a Western country is all about when it comes to uh, respecting people who might protest you. We have uh, a robust functioning democracy and uh, protests, public protests are an important part of making sure we're getting messages out there and Canadians are getting messages out there and highlighting how they feel about various issues. Uh, but using protests to demand uh, changes to public policy um, is something that, that I think is, is, is worrisome. <laughs> Did you catch that? Do you see what this guy's doing? Uh, dude, that's what you use protest for. You use protest, hopefully peaceful protest, right? I know the left's not a big uh, fan of peaceful protest, but you use peaceful protest so that you can actually make change, so that you can get policies to change, so you can get politicians to listen to you. And by the way, that's exactly what the freaking truckers did. They were peaceful. They were respectful. There were videos we played of them cleaning up after they would protest, right? That's in stark contrast to what happens when Antifa and BLM were protesting down here in America or up there in Canada. Um, so he's this idea that, oh, you protest, but it's not so you can change things. That's exactly the point. That's exactly what it is. But he masks his tyranny with the label of democracy and tolerance and decency, which is exactly what we're seeing down here. That's why uh, there's something so interesting happening in the world that I guess is a function of the internet now, that the, the good ideas and the bad ideas, they're all going worldwide at the same exact time. So the problems that we're having in America are virtually the same problems that they're having in Canada, which are the same problems they're having in Australia and Italy and all over the world. Uh, on a positive note, uh, though related to all of this, Anthony Fauci is leaving. He is almost done. His reign of terror is coming to a close. But of course, as he ends his reign of terror, he has to backtrack and lie about almost everything that his reign of terror actually did to all of us. Uh, and he has to do it all over television. We got to make sure this guy gets a serious hand job before he leaves. And uh, nobody wants to picture that. that. I'm sorry about that. That's a little early for that. Um, here's Fauci on whether we're going to close schools again. This is his goodbye tour all over the media the last couple of days. And remember, he was never for closing schools, but he was for closing schools. He wasn't for masks. He was for masks. He's taken every position on everything. Somehow we're back to talking about whether schools are going to stay open or not. So yeah. coming out of the holidays, should parents expect schools to shut down? I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. When, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always the collateral That's also effects. radioactive. <laughs> it is, exactly. There's always the collateral issues. Ugh. 
the fact that he can even laugh, that he even has the balls to show up on these shows, that he pretends that he had nothing to do. Remember we played you the video a couple of weeks ago, him pretending that he had nothing to do with lockdowns and then you can find videos of him calling for lockdowns. I had nothing to do with school closures and you can find it. Uh, what really is going on here is guys, yes. The answer is yes, there will be more lockdowns. Of course there will be lockdowns, whether it's COVID lockdowns or climate lockdowns or something all over the world not just in our elections of a couple of weeks ago, but all over the world, the people who were the most draconian, who locked down the most people, who ruined the most lives, who forced people to get the most jabs, all of those things, they all got reelected. It just happened in Australia too. The idea that Gretchen Whitmer was reelected, people said, thank you, sir, may I have another? The idea that any of these people in any of these places, Kathy Hochul, they want more in New York. So there will be more lockdowns, there will be more school closures, but it will be in blue states. That's how it's going to be. It's just, it ain't going to happen in Florida. I promise you not. Uh, but the other piece of Fauci leaving is that he wants to make sure that he's still worshipped by everybody and he's not happy that uh, Republicans don't like him. They've clearly politicized it. You know, they say that I be, I'm not political at all, period. I've never been. And anybody who knows anything about me knows that that's the case. But it is very clear when people are running their campaigns, mm -hmm with an anti-Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's not political at all. He is the highest paid person in the government. And I think the government has a little something to do with politics, but he's not political at all. And really it was just Republicans using his name and his words to fundraise and get votes and scare people. The only reason Republicans were doing any of that is because you were the one that was pushing the lockdowns and the school closures and the masks and all that. But we found this great compilation video of uh, Fauci taking every which position you could possibly take on masks. And I think it gets to the heart of why he's leaving in such a blaze of nothingness because people actually can see through it. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. Man, it really is incredible. You know, like, it's like you could kind of laugh at that and you can share that video and you can show people like, man, he took every position on everything. But then you, if you really think it through, it's like, why are people so screwed up about almost everything these days? Because the, the thought leaders, the people that were supposed to be the adults in the room, the, the mature, honest brokers in the midst of a pandemic or whatever is going on in the world, politically or anything else, they all failed us. Fauci should be embarrassed. NBC News or ABC News or CNN, whoever puts him on, I mean, now he's really in the, in the goodbye phase, so I don't know, hopefully we just won't see much of him anymore. But like, why didn't someone at a news organization play that? for Fauci and then say, hey, so, uh, you know, you've been doing this for about three years now. And uh, what about that? What about the fact that you said literally everything you could possibly say in direct conflict with yourself? Would that be worth 
doing if you were, say, a journalist? I know, I know there's none out there. Uh, here's video from uh, the White House as Fauci was saying goodbye to everybody. And I do want to warn you, I believe that this is slightly edited. I'm, I'm unclear on that, but I think it might have been slightly, slightly edited. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, <laughs> is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Unclear if that was edited to me, but uh, yes, he's still pushing vaccines. No, Fauci, I did not get vaxxed, and I am not getting vaxxed, and I certainly would not get vaxxed under your advice, right? If, uh, if at the time comes and I talk to my doctor and whatever, blah, 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 okay. But the idea that just people would just take a blanket statement from Fauci at this point, yes, get vaxxed and get boosted. He's vaxxed and boosted 18 times and he's had COVID several times. And the head of Pfizer who had 87 booster shots, he's been, uh, he got COVID like two weeks ago. It just is, it just is. There are more people now dying of COVID that are vaxxed than are not vaxxed. Washington Post just reported on that. And uh, well, Fauci, He's still saying that it's the unvaxxed who are the real danger. Vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted, but the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect if we're gonna see a problem this winter. Hmm. You know what, Connor, I'm gonna pull an audible here. We're gonna throw right to the Biden thing because uh, you remember Joe Biden last year, it was right around now last year. It was, I think, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas last year when Joe Biden said the winter of death was coming. I mean, that's what Fauci's doing again. It's a year later. And they're still, if you are unvaxxed, you're gonna kill grandma and you're most likely gonna kill yourself. Uh, well, here's the winter of death from a year ago. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. Yeah, we didn't get that winter of severe illness or death. Uh, actually, we, I can just give you a personal anecdote. We arrived in uh, Miami, in Florida. We moved here, it was about a year ago, right when that was dropped and everyone was getting COVID here, including us. And uh, everyone wanted to get COVID actually. Pretty much everybody was like, oh, Omicron's around. It's not that dangerous. Let's get sick. You'll have some natural immunity. That'll be it. I was at party after party because it's holiday, holidays, right? So I'm at Christmas parties and everyone was like, you, oh, you're not feeling that great? Okay, let's hang, let's dance stupid people, but they're still doing it again. They're still doing it again. Here's Dr. Ashish Jha, and uh, he wants to scare the hell out of you too. An important part of the conversation we have in the days and weeks ahead. Because here's what we know. If folks get their updated vaccines and they get treated, they have a breakthrough infection, we can prevent essentially every COVID death in America. It's a complete lie. It's just a lie. Come fact check me, delete my channel, YouTube. It's just a lie. There are no studies about this. There are no long-term studies that say if you get vaxxed and boosted that you're getting the lesser COVID. It just isn't reality. It is not reality. But why am I telling you all this? No one wants to hear videos of Fauci. I understand you're sitting at home going, Dave, I can't take it anymore. Nobody wants these videos of Fauci. So I've got one more for you because now I'm gonna link it to everything else we're doing on the show today. Uh, Fauci was asked this weekend, uh, about what's going on in China, because you know China has this zero COVID policy, which has led to, if you think Michigan and New York and California had crazy lockdowns, I mean, they are locking people in buildings, they are closing cities, it is absolutely insane. Fauci was asked about China's 
approach. What is going on in China and why do they seem to be in a worse place than anyone else in the world? Well, their approach has been very, very severe and rather draconian in the kinds of shutdowns without a seeming purpose. Ah, draconian without a purpose. Now, could it be without a purpose? Would a communist regime that is bent on maintaining power and bent on keeping people all doing the exact same thing and not questioning authority and all of that, could there be a purpose behind them locking their people down? Could there be a purpose there? He can't figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. Why would that communist regime do that? He has no freaking idea. Well, here's Klaus Schwab. I know you guys like Klaus Schwab. You know Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, who's right out of like Hollywood 101, the evil guy. Uh, he seemingly is running half of the world right now. And uh, even though Fauci can't figure out why China would want these lockdowns, um, I think Schwab is kind of onto something and understands maybe why China would do this. And perhaps we could extrapolate that and send it across the globe. On the G20, you were there meeting some of the leaders as well. Professor Schwab, what do you make of the result? Finally, they put something as a statement, and it seems quite positive with all the voices included. I think it's positive. It's uh, already positive through the fact that everybody agreed about the statement, which we haven't had the last years. Now, the base has been formed, but um, we have to go one step further. We have to have a strategic mood. We have to construct the world of tomorrow. It's a systemic transformation of the world. So we have to define how the world should look like, which we want to come out of this transformation period. I uh, respect uh, China's achievements, which are tremendous over the last uh, over 40 years. I think it's um, a role model for many countries, but I think also uh, we should leave it to each country uh, to make its own decision what system it wants to adapt. And I think we should be very careful in imposing systems. But the Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries. Okay, so he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth there. You see what he did at the end, right? He's running something called the World Economic Forum. He brings in all these world leaders and then through ESG scores and everything else, they figure out ways to manipulate their people, right? And they figure out ways to silence dissent and everything that happened in Canada and Australia, et cetera, et cetera. So on one hand, he's like, but I believe in sovereign nations and everyone can do what they want, but China's done a really hell of a job here. So even though Fauci, from the clip before, Fauci has no idea why they would do these draconian lockdowns. He, he doesn't know why China would do it. Why would you have that zero policy related to COVID? Uh, but Klaus Schwab is telling you why, because you want a, as he said, we want to construct the world of tomorrow. We want a systemic transformation of the world. These people are doing it in plain sight. So while Klaus Schwab is very, he has very nice things to say about the last 40 years of China, sure, they've completely silenced dissent. You know, individual rights aren't respected. As I said, they're literally locking people in apartment buildings and people are starving to death in their apartments. We're gonna show you some crazy videos in just a moment. Uh, he really is into that sort of thing. Here's a little bit more from the Daily Wire on what's going on in China. Chinese citizens are protesting the communist nation's strict COVID policies with at least one demonstration turning violent. 
Protests intensified over the weekend in major cities across China, including Beijing, Shanghai, and Wuhan. According to media reports, a demonstration in Shanghai eventually devolved into chaos with police clashing with protesters and deploying pepper spray. The protests emerged as a response to the zero COVID policies imposed by the Chinese communist government since the beginning of the pandemic. Now, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds, probably, probably far more than that, of videos going across, mostly across Twitter right now, because Twitter is less censored than some of the other social media platforms because of that scary Elon Musk guy, uh, of chaos in China and people literally locked in buildings, people begging from, from 40 floors up, begging for food, little children being separated from their parents, horrible stuff. Are you seeing that on CNN? Is Washington Post doing much about that? Is MSNBC covering that? Isn't that bizarre? Sort of like the election stuff that's happening down in Brazil. Why didn't uh, mainstream media cover that? It's almost as if they don't like when you can see that you, the people, have some power and you can organize against the powers that be. Very bizarre. I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more. Uh, here's some video uh, of these COVID protests. This is Wuhan, China. Uh, it's actually earlier this morning, I think. These people have had enough. There's no such thing as a zero COVID policy that no one will get sick. The virus exists in nature. It exists in the world. The communist government is using it as an excuse to crack down on its people, to show them that they can't fight the government, to make them more dependent on the government. Does it sound a little familiar to what's going on here in America? It's just to a different degree. And then when you think about the people that literally voted for it again a couple weeks ago that said, hey, you locked me down. You didn't let me go to work. You kicked my kid out of school. Sure, my kid's having speech delays, blah, blah, blah. Let's give you some more power over me. And what this all leads to also is that obviously in China, they don't have free market capitalism, right? It is a communist system in, in China. What we have here, for the most part, is still some level of free market capitalism. It's a little screwy and it's hanging on by a thread, but we still have it. So what happened? Speaking of capitalism in the last couple of weeks, well, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Now, why did he buy Twitter? Why would a guy who's sending rockets to Mars, who's doing Starlink and Neuralink, and he's building underground tunnels in Los Angeles, why would a guy who's doing all of this stuff, why would he buy Twitter? A, a product that is losing money, he's now losing money by having it, and buy it at a premium. Well, I sense that he felt that free speech is worth fighting for, and he put his butt on the line. And I think, actually, he's also planning to make some money on it, right? That's a nice benefit of it. I don't think he's just doing this to lose money and everything else. But he's all he's done so far on Twitter, and as I always say, guys, if you're not on Twitter, stay off Twitter, and God bless you. But what he has done, and I can tell you this as someone that's on Twitter, since he's been on Twitter, he's just allowing people to say more things. Less accounts are being banned. He's brought some accounts back. 
Before him, people said mean things on Twitter. After him, people say mean things on Twitter. But the machine is freaking out, right? Mainstream media, which, which wants the control. Corporate press, which wants the control. Big tech before Elon, which wants the control. They don't like someone coming in and letting people just say what they want. They can't have that. So here's uh, former CIA analyst Robert Baer explaining how Elon Musk is, and is bringing more evil to the world. Move that's raising some serious national security concerns. New Twitter owner Elon Musk says that he is going to begin restoring previously banned accounts next week. That includes users banned for threats and harassment. Musk announced the decision after conducting an online poll. He tweeted, quote, the people have spoken. Amnesty begins next week. And then in Latin, the voice of the people is the voice of God. Joining us now is CNN intelligence and security analyst Bob Baer. Bob, thanks for joining us. We hope you're enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, I'm curious to get your reaction to these accounts being reinstated. Well, Boris, I can tell you one thing. Putin is going to be all over Twitter. If there's no regulations on this, fake accounts, spoofed accounts, the rest of it, this is a great opportunity for him and so when he's talking about the popular voice, Musk, he's really talking about Russian intelligence. Man, it's incredible. They do it over and over again, and huge swaths of people will fall for it. What's going to happen to Twitter now that Elon Musk is saying it can be a little more pro-free speech? Well, of course, guys, it's a Russian operation, and who's going to benefit the most? It'll be Vladimir Putin. Like, can you, like, they, the script isn't even that good. Would you lizard people who are writing the scripts, please give us better scripts because this stuff is all too obvious. Um, it is complete nonsense. There were bots on Twitter before Elon. There will be bots on Twitter after Elon. People will say mean things before. People say mean things to me all day long on Twitter. And you know what you can do? You can either not look at them, you cannot open your phone and endlessly doom scroll, or you can block them and you can mute them. That's what you can do. But if you were actually being threatened, as they say, well, there's going to be more threats and harassment. If you're actually being threatened, physically threatened or doxxed or something like that, you got a problem with the law. The person doing it has a problem with the law. And then the law will step in, right? The police will step in. The intelligence services will step in. Okay. Harassment? Yeah, people say mean things to people. It's crazy. There are people online. I know this is going to blow you guys away. There are people online who don't like me. There's a couple of them out there and they tweet at me. And you know what? You just ignore it or you block them or whatever. CNN's freaking out, though, uh, because, of course, not only will the Russians take advantage of this, but, of course, somehow Twitter will be more racist, right? This is good. Here's a tweet from CNN. Black Twitter is mourning the possible end of the influential community they found on Twitter more than a decade ago, but users are split between finding a new app or staying put. Now, this is actually hilarious. First off, there's no such thing as black Twitter. There's Twitter. And sometimes black people use Twitter and white people use Twitter and Chinese people use Twitter and gay people use Twitter. It's all the same Twitter, okay? It's all the same Twitter. Uh, but now, because Elon Musk is just coming in and saying, hey, we're going to respect free speech a little bit more, apparently CNN thinks that black people are going to freak out and better start their own thing. Now, it's kind of funny because for all the years that conservatives were saying, boy, we're being shadow banned and our accounts are being nuked and Jordan Peterson is suspended and James Lindsay's not on Twitter anymore and all of this stuff. Uh, they kept saying, and the media constantly was doing this, well, go build your own thing. And then Parler was built and then Parler was nuked by Amazon. 
I started locals. This is why Rumble's in business. So if these people are not happy, I guess they could go build things. Now, the problem is it's hard to build things when instead of caring about hiring the best, say, engineers and product designers and things of that nature, you're instead hiring people based on their genitals and their skin color. So they're not gonna build anything, but people, I guess, black Twitter is freaking out right now. Uh, and uh, interestingly, it's all connected. When you connect the, uh, when you see the dots, it's like the big tech thing, it's so connected to the corporate thing. Uh, here's a tweet from Outkick. Uh, ratings at CNN are so bad, they are already ditching their centrist pivot. So what's interesting about this, of course, is that, you know, they get rid of, uh, what, who was the guy? Uh, Zucker. They get rid of Jeff Zucker over at CNN because he made them too partisan left and it was too obvious for everybody. They bring in this new guy. He says, let's go center. Nobody's watching anymore. And now they're getting rid of that. So all of you can see what I'm putting together here. Everything, whether it's about COVID lockdowns, whether it's about speech, it's all, it's all that filter. It's all stuck in this filter that we have that is the lying corporate press and the people that want big tech to be censored more. So how can I bring this to something that will make you feel good? Because I showed you China could be kind of depressing. That might be coming to California. You never know. Well, you know what we can do? There are some things we can do and they're baked into the system right here in the United States because we have a beautiful system founded on the right ideals. We really do. We've got things like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and the Federalist Papers, all of these documents written by people who were far better than any of the people in our public sphere today, with, with maybe a couple exceptions. And they gave us this. They gave us this blessing of freedom and we can restore it. We really can restore it, but we're gonna have to put in the work. Uh, Jordan Peterson was on Russell Brand's podcast a couple days ago. And they were talking about this idea between individual rights, authoritarian governments, and why governments. When Fauci earlier, he doesn't know why China would do something like this. But there is a reason, and Jordan explains it quite well. Generally speaking, center-left liberal democracies are using this stuff nefariously. I don't think they care about the feelings of trans people. I don't think they care. I yeah, care. I don't think so either. I care. I care, and I care about I think, white working class people, yeah. black working class people, brown people from across the all class spectra. And what I feel like is that in order to not engulf ourselves in a sort of a semantic pyre, we all refocus our attention on the real giants, the oligarchs, the tyrants, whether they're bureaucratic or personal, that are using, that are narcissistically hoovering up the power while we're fucking around with like language. Well, this is also, this is also partly the, dangerous of the danger of elevating compassion to the ultimate virtue because you will, you also enable the narcissists of compassion to garner power to themselves by claiming a compassion they don't have. If you destabilize the identity of local individuals so they're confused and aimless, it's a hell of a lot easier to hoover up all the power. You need slaves to be a tyrant. And maybe I'm more concerned about individuals on the slave level and you're more concerned with delineating the nature of the tyranny and that's perfectly fine but I think they're the same problem. Do you see what we did here on the Rubin Report program today? Do you see how we tied this thing together? We started about a half hour ago talking about Justin Trudeau and the trans people, or the, the drag people. I assume well, probably one or two of them are trans as well. 
But he comes in there, Justin Trudeau, who locked these people down, who ruined Canada's economy, who shredded their founding documents. But he comes in and he sounds nice and he's shimmying in all those things. And then they look at him, despite everything he did to them. And he's, oh my God, he loves us. He loves us. He just loves us so much. And then they become atomized. They're not even real individuals anymore. They're just, oh, you're the trans people. You're the drag people. You behave like this. This is how you should behave. And you will not be an individual. So I want to now read you Jordan's quote right there that he just said at the end. And you'll see how this thing all got linked together to why Fauci doesn't know why they would have lockdowns and all the rest of it. This is Jordan's quote. If you destabilize the identity of local individuals so they're confused and aimless, it's a hell of a lot easier to hoover up all the power. You need slaves to be a tyrant. So do you see why they would want you constantly focused on gender and sexuality and race and all of these things that actually don't matter that much, but they make you feel like those are the most important things about you. And once you think that your gender and your sexuality are the most important things and your skin color, the real piece of you, the piece of you that is the thinking you that is within this skin with the gender and the genitals and all the stuff, that part will be completely gone. And then they will be able to lock you down like they're doing in China and with a zero COVID policy. And then our nonsensical bureaucrats like Anthony Fauci, who deserve no power over anybody and can't figure out why China would do a thing like that. Well, if you, if you had a belief in yourself, if you had a belief in autonomy and individuality, you would not be giving power over to them. So whether it is Trudeau or Fauci or Klaus Schwab or China or the media, I believe you know how to live your life. They believe that they know how to live your life. And you got to pick a side. That's really where we're at right now. Uh, guys, it is Meme Monday over at the Ruben Report Locals community, and uh, here's the one that I put up. So this is actually, technically, if we were to technically define what a meme is, I don't know that this is actually a meme because there's no words on it, but this is a picture. So Joe Biden was in Nantucket over the weekend celebrating Thanksgiving, and uh, he approached this window. with the, So these two girls took the selfie, and I feel like that's just like the perfect summation. Like, was he sniffing? Do you think he was sniffing through the window? Does the scent of the hair get through the window? It's just kind of just kind of perfect. If you want to jump in and share some other memes, uh, you can go to rubenreport.locals.com. Let's get a couple comments from the community. EK says, Fauci, I'm not political. I want to kill everyone equally. The, anyone that says that, you know, the I'm not political line, it reminds me of that, that clip we've shown it of Don Lemon a couple of times. I'm not political. What do you mean? You talk about politics all day long. Do you have no thoughts related to any of this stuff? Fauci, I'm not political. Uh, when you are writing policy that is locking people in their homes or shutting down the economy or the litany of other things that you've done, you are by default political. But he doesn't want to be thought of as political because what is he? He is the science. Don't forget that, right? He, if you question Fauci, you're actually questioning science. Hallie says, uh, Schwab likes the China model. That would be the model where 40 million Chinese starved to death during the Great Leap Forward. Right, exactly. Like, why is it that you're not seeing the videos of China on mainstream media, as I showed you, or what's going on in Brazil, as millions of people are upset with the election results down there? They don't want you to realize that you have power, but you do have power. And that's why they're freaking out about Elon Musk. I don't want people to be endlessly trolls and racists online. Trust me, it's not. There was a time in my life, 
years ago when I first started getting hate that it would be upsetting. I'd open Twitter, you're this and that. It's not fun. It's not fun, but you have some power to control it over yourself. You have some power to exercise, let's say, a, a degree of maturity when you're online. It's not that we want everyone to be mean online, but I guess being mean is part of the human condition. And unless you're going to kill an awful lot of people, you're not going to kill meanness. Uh, Anka says, these last three years showed us that people would rather be part of the group than be right. Yeah. Man, what did I say many times over the last couple of years? It's like, if you stayed roughly sane through all of this, if you stayed roughly sane, then you're pretty good in my book. And actually speaking of that, one thing we didn't get to cover today, and I'm sure I'll talk about at least uh, on the margins over the next little while, uh, is that Sam Harris, uh, who obviously was hugely influential in my political awakening and everything else, uh, he actually deleted his uh, Twitter account over the weekend. He, was, he got into it with Elon a little bit and he doesn't want Trump back on, he doesn't want Alex Jones back on. Uh, and a lot of people were turning on him. He was, he was thought of as this sort of, you know, he's this new atheist, but thought of as like a free speech warrior. And suddenly he was, this is the same guy who thanked Jack when Jack Dorsey banned Trump on Twitter. Uh, Sam went out of his way to thank him, which I thought was a little bit odd. It's like, you could probably just be quiet about it instead of telling people you're happy that they can just, you know, silence the president's free speech, et cetera. Um, but he deleted his uh, Twitter account. And I think it's, a, it's an oddly seminal moment. It's a different topic altogether, but you know, that, that sort of the, the atheist movement has just collapsed. It has completely collapsed. That's a, we'll do a different show on that altogether. Uh, anyway. It's good to be back, guys. I hope, uh, as I said at the beginning, I hope you are feeling well-fed and ready to roll into the holiday season. Uh, if you have not subscribed yet, join us at rumble.com slash Report. And if you want to play along during the show with live chat and get plenty of pictures of the kids and all sorts of stuff, rubenreport.locals.com. And we leave you with the elderly man pretending to be president. Uh, imagine this has to be boring, boring, boring for these kids to stand up here. You're allowed to do anything you want, including go steal a pumpkin if you want. Anything you want to do. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.